Good mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today, Amazon, which will soon be opening a facility in Findlay, has announced a billion-dollar expansion of its Career Choice program to pay college tuition and upskill training programs for its workers. But is there a catch? Also this morning, September is Suicide Prevention Month. We know the statistics on this tragedy among service members, and the VA has resources for both veterans and their loved ones. And every day should be Grandparents' Day, especially after many months of being separated due to the pandemic. The experts at Sesame Workshop have some great ways to reconnect with your grandkids. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Monday, September 13th, 2021. It is Kids Take Over the Kitchen Day today. Which I'm thinking should never be on a Monday. <laughs> Monday Monday is challenging enough without the idea of kids taking over the kitchen. But that's what it says. It is also National Defy Superstition Day. So I guess maybe we should not be afraid of Monday. And this is the thing. It's Monday the 13th, which doesn't it make a whole lot more sense that Monday the 13th should be the unlucky day instead of Friday the 13th? I mean, I've always thought that that was kind of weird, too. The whole idea of Friday the 13th being unlucky. I mean, it's Friday. How unlucky could it be? Monday the 13th, on the other hand, you could understand where there would be this uh, superstition that it would be bad luck. Because Monday. But Again, National Defy Superstition Day today. It is Fortune Cookie Day today. Bald is Beautiful Day. The International Chocolate Day. Again, kids take over the kitchen day. International Chocolate Day. I know what the kids are making in the kitchen. I know what they're... The National Peanut Day. Snack a Pickle Day. It is Positive Thinking Day. Which maybe we need that for a Monday. That is probably very appropriate. Positive thinking day. Let's think positively about this Monday. And it is Uncle Sam Day. So there is that. Uh, so here is our question of the day. I saw this story uh, online uh, early this morning. This was pointed out to me, and I thought it is very interesting. In Sweden, I don't know if you knew this, but in Sweden... There is actually a regulation that the government has to approve the name that you want to give your baby. If you have a baby in Sweden, the government can veto the name that you pick out for your baby. Uh, set of parents who are apparently fans of the president of Russia wanted to name their uh, newborn son after Vladimir Putin, but the government says said no they put their foot down and said no you can't do that uh apparently the tax agency in sweden has to approve the names chosen for newborns and they are governed by rules which include that the name cannot be offensive or risk causing discomfort for the person in question later in life so if you want to Give your newborn son or daughter a name that might be embarrassing or discomforting to your child when that child becomes an adult. The government can overrule you. Um, other, another no-no 
is that names in Sweden cannot be similar to last names. So you can't give your child a name that is similar to a last name, which I don't know how exactly they govern that. But anyway, for all of those reasons, they say Vladimir Putin is not allowed. And a report that some Swedish parents have successfully fought the agency's ruling in the past uh, to name children after the band Metallica. And one couple named their child Google, which initially was prohibited, but the parents fought it and got the ruling overturned. Other names that have been rejected, including Allah, Ford, Michael Jackson, (laughs) Pilsner, interesting, Q, as in QAnon, Q, and uh, Token. Uh, those have all been uh, rejected. So anyway, the uh, Swedish parents uh, who wanted their name to name their child after Vladimir Putin have been turned down. They've been uh, prohibited from doing so. So that actually inspires our question of the day. And you can uh, check our Facebook page and weigh in. We want to know what is the most unusual name of a person you know? And is there a story behind it? I'd be curious. I, I remember when I was in... Probably this is the most unusual name of anybody that I have ever known, and it's really not weird or bizarre. It's just unusual when I was in, I I was thinking when I was in grade school, uh, I had a classmate uh, named Shandy, and I always thought that was kind of a, a strange name. I mean, it's not bizarre in the way that Vladimir Putin is bizarre, but you know, I thought that was rather unusual, and I don't know if there was... Uh, a story behind it. But if you know the story behind it, what is the most unusual name of a, uh, an individual that you know, and is there a story behind it? That's what we're, uh, we're asking is our question of the day. And you can uh, weigh in sound off on our Facebook page there. So uh, some of the uh, most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Monday morning started. This is big news. Cows are now being bred to pass less gas. <laughs> in an effort, it says, to make them friendlier to the environment because each day a cow can produce 42 gallons, 42 to 85 gallons of methane, which has 28 times the global warming potential of CO2, meaning that dairy cattle's burps and flatulence account for 14% of global warming gases. So scientists are locating those cows that produce the least amount of methane and they will breed them into existing herds. Um, experts, they say, are also testing fart-free feed for cattle. So this is big news and uh, it's about time. It's about time that scientists got on this uh, farting cow thing and they believe that they may <laughs> have a solution <laughs> I'm thinking, why didn't we hear about this a couple of weeks ago during the fair? That's what I want to, I want to know. Here's something to think about as you get up and get your Monday morning started. Researchers in Sweden have found that exercise may help to curb anxiety by around 60%, they say. 
The researchers compared people who engaged in long-distance cross-country skiing as a form of exercise with those who did not participate in the sport. And of course, in Sweden, lots of people ski because in Nordic countries, that's what you do year-round, I think. Well, no, not not year-round, but you get the idea. The authors of the study from Lund University found that uh, activity, uh, physical activity, cut the risk of anxiety disorders by around 60% overall in both men and women. And while the study specifically looked at skiing, the researchers say any forms of exercise are likely to slash anxiety, and they're not sure exactly how. So, but... Hey, until you can explain it to me. <clears throat> Will you be exercising more now that you know that? It can reduce anxiety? Or you wait until hey, you better you better be able to explain it to me before I invest all this time in exercising. Because next week they'll say, oh no, we were wrong. And then you'll have wasted all that time exercising. You don't want that. One third of adults, this is kind of interesting, a full one third of adults have had a breakdown in a relationship with another individual over a misread text message. Uh, research from Hidden Hearing. <clears throat> it's an interesting, uh, I don't know if it's an organization, a business, Hidden Hearing. It says research from Hidden Hearing finds that 40% of adults will spend hours puzzling over someone's wording or tone in a text message and 20% have wrongly assumed someone was upset with them because they misinterpreted the tone of a text message. So something to think about. I, that's it. That's all there is to the story there. But I thought that was uh, really interesting. One third of adults have had a breakdown in a relationship because uh, with a friend or a family member or whatever because of a misread text message. So something to think about the next time you text someone, especially if you're being sarcastic or something like that in a text message, sometimes that doesn't go over very well in text messages. So think twice before doing that. Uh, if you want to curb your online spending habits, researchers recommend you sit in an uncomfortable chair. This is really interesting to me. According to a consumer psychologist from uh, Angelia Ruskin University, uh, online shopping while lounging on the sofa is more likely to lead to splurging, uh, binge ordering online. Uh, the psychologist also added that online shoppers tend to make snap decisions when tired and so if you sit in an uncomfortable chair instead of lounging on the sofa while you're shopping, and if you have a, a coffee or get some fresh air before browsing, then you're more alert and less tired, then those two things will help prevent you from overspending online, binge shopping online. You can try it out. Let me know if it works. Kind of interesting. And uh, last but not least, among the first things you need to know this morning, very interesting story here. Before long, according to a new poll, before long, college-aged college adults not using marijuana will be in the minority. 
This poll finds that pot use has steadily become more acceptable and popular. And we didn't need a poll to tell us that. Uh, Just look around and pay attention to the news. You know that uh, pot has steadily become more acceptable, accessible, and popular in recent years. This study declares that weed use among college students and their peers reached a historically high level in 2020. In fact, researchers at the National Institute on Drug Abuse say cannabis use has not been this high since the 1980s, which is interesting. The 1980s, they didn't say the 1960s, the 1980s. But uh, anyway, uh, long and short of it is that uh, young adults not using marijuana will be in the minority very soon, according to their numbers and the trends. So there you go. Some of the most uh, interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Monday morning started. WFIN News, I'm Matt Demchek. The WTOL 11 first alert forecast, mostly sunny today with a high of 90, partly cloudy tonight, a low of 70. Multiple law enforcement agencies responded to Ball Corporation on Sunday afternoon after receiving an alert about an active shooter from the company's alert system. The Hancock County Sheriff's Office, Finley Police, and the Ohio State Highway Patrol all responded, and teams began searching the huge facility. The initial search came back clear. No victims, no suspects were located. Uh, The secondary search was completed by the emergency response team, again, with nothing located inside. Lieutenant Price with the Sheriff's Office says they threw a lot of manpower at the incident, but they never take any chances with situations like this. The company will look into how the false alarm occurred. See video of our conversation with the lieutenant on our website. Police, fire, and military vehicles took part in a parade to the Hancock County Fairgrounds on Saturday where a 9-11 memorial ceremony was held on the 20th anniversary of the attacks. In her remarks, Finley Mayor Christina Mern reflected on the freedoms we enjoy every day. Today, as I think of all of the different events going on in our community and those who couldn't be here because they had other commitments, I'm actually excited. I'm happy because we're able to go on. We're able to be in a country where we have the freedoms to get together. It's not always at big parties or large events, but just being able to do the daily things that we have the privilege to do. You can see video from the parade and the memorial ceremony on our website. The University of Finley's Mazza Museum held a grand opening and dedication for its new Joseph and Judith Conda STEAM Education Center. Mazza Director Benjamin Sapp says the new STEAM Center blends science, technology, engineering, art, and mathematics and medicine in a hands-on learning lab. For us here at Mazza, it's taking all of those through the art found in picture books, uh, but there will be a lot of other scientific uh, technology kinds of uh, explorations that will be taking place here as well. He says research shows that a strong foundation in the arts can lead to enhanced critical thinking skills in the sciences, and he says STEAM education connects them all together. You can get much more on the new STEAM Center on our website. And get more news online anytime at WFIN.com. Amazon has announced a new initiative to invest over $1 billion in education and skills training for employees to include not only paying college tuition and GED training, but also upskilling opportunities through the company's career choice program. And joining us with more is Ardeen Williams, Amazon Vice President of Workforce Development. And uh, Ardeen, talk a little bit about, first of all, the inspiration for uh, this uh, investment and the impetus for doing it now. 
Well, the the inspiration. We are the the the, the second largest employer in the U.S. We've created more jobs since uh, 2010 than any other employer in the United States, and we know that industry leading pay, comprehensive benefits, and the opportunity to add skills to experience so that employees can grow their career in high demand areas uh, is part of creating a, a good job. And we believe we have a role to play in creating a good job. So the the idea of assisting employees with, as we said, college tuition, GED training, and, and so on is not new. You're building on that and adding these upskilling opportunities. Explain what that is and what opportunities I- exist in that component of this program. So what we're announcing is the addition of three new programs that include uh, surge to IT and opportunities for self-paced learning for our IT professionals to add uh, credentials to their existing uh, experience so that they can progress in their career. Uh, our AWS Grow Own Talent Program, which provides a career path for employees from all different types of backgrounds to uh, become skilled and work in uh, data center environments. Uh, and then our User Design and Experience Apprenticeship Program, which provides people the opportunity to learn more about making applications uh, that our customers use uh, more inviting and accessible. And then probably the most exciting thing for me is the expansion of career choice to include that fully funded four-year degree program. And we're leveraging our scale so that employees can pursue in-demand careers and really grow the path on a path that interests them. I also want to uh, welcome into the conversation, John Clifton is Global Managing Partner at Gallup. You recently published a new study about the uh, state of upskilling in America, uh, first of its kind uh, survey. Tell us a little bit about what you found with respect to this. We found two major things. The first thing that we found is there is an overwhelming interest in upskilling in the United States today. 57% of people say that they are very or extremely interested in upskilling in their jobs. And the second thing that we found is just how impactful upskilling is to people's lives overall. It not only increases their income, it increases their satisfaction with their jobs, and it increases their satisfaction with their life. All of this demonstrates just how important upskilling is to this country. Ardine, clearly uh, the idea of upskilling is you view this as uh, key to worker retention and uh, the benefit for the employer, in this case Amazon, is making these workers uh, more valuable to your company, correct? Yes, our company and then also to help um, propel them in their career, whether that's with us, which we hope it is, uh, or beyond. Because Look, we're realistic. Uh, not every employee um, may have a, a, an interest in, in working in the jobs that are available at Amazon in their local area long term. And we want to make sure that employees have access to those in-demand jobs in the local community that put them on a career path. Well, and that really uh, speaks to the other question that I uh, that I had, and this is something that I think a lot of people wonder when they look at programs like this. As we said, uh, the idea of uh, companies offering uh, tuition assistance or, or full tuition reimbursement uh, and, and these types of things will sometimes sit back and ask, why would a company pay for its employees to uh, eventually go out and, and get other jobs outside of the company. We think it's, it's good for employees, it's, it's good for Amazon, and it's good for the community. Look, we have employees who come 
and work with us. Some of them come and work for a period of time uh, because they, they need the money or they want to take advantage of the benefits, and then they'll come back at a time that's later uh, and convenient for them. We also have employees that start with us and discover careers that they never knew existed. When we help build that talent pipeline in a local community and we build talent, we help attract other employers, we help employers fill in-demand jobs, we raise the standard of living in the communities of which we're a part. And so it's good for Amazon and it's good for the communities uh, in which we in which we live and work. John, let me ask you this. And I don't know if this was part of the of the survey or if there's uh, anything that you can kind of insights that you can glean from the responses in the survey. Is this something that particularly with respect to the uh, upskilling uh, opportunities and and so on, these types of of, I guess, perks, for lack of a better term, uh, to uh, to an employee, is this something that more and more workers are uh, kind of uh, expecting out of uh, employers? Without question. Employees now see this as a new kind of benefit. In Mm -hmm. fact, we asked them to rank uh, their level of importance of upskilling compared to other things like retirement benefits or vacation time. And we find that it's most important among the youngest workers, 18 to 24-year-olds. In fact, they rank upskilling ahead of benefits like vacation time or retirement packages. Hmm. So you can very clearly see in the data that this is now being considered a new benefit. Really fascinating stuff. And again, as we mentioned, Amazon announcing an investment of over $1 billion in education and skills training, including uh, expanding its uh, career choice uh, program. Uh, where do we get more information on uh, this uh, announcement uh, from Amazon and this program moving forward? So the easiest place is aboutamazon.com slash upskilling2025. There's information on this program as well as details on all of our upskilling opportunities and information about Career Day, which is our career fair that will be held Wednesday. Registration is free and it's open to anyone uh, who'd like to attend. We will link up to it on our webpage. Ardeen Williams, again, Amazon Vice President of Workforce Development, along with uh, John Clifton, Global Managing Partner at Gallup. Thank you both for taking the time. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Now, interestingly, there is a bit of a catch to this. Uh, it's uh, It seems that the cap on the tuition reimbursement part is limited to $5,250 per year. Uh, Why that specific maximum amount, you might ask? Well, because that is the maximum amount that companies can put toward their employees' education each year without the employee being taxed under a federal program called Section 127. Uh, A lot of uh, companies, uh, before you, you know, say, well, wait a minute, why is Amazon capping this? A lot of companies who offer similar programs Uh, have similar caps on the program for the same reason. Uh, As the Aspen Institute noted in its research on employer education assistance last June, that $5,250 tax exclusion amount uh, in Section 127 was enacted back in 1986 when average U.S. undergrad tuition was just $2,300. Today, Annual in-state tuition at a public four-year institution in the U.S. US averages more than $10,000, according to research by the College Board, while out-of-state tuition averages around $27,000. Now, should be noted that so that benefit doesn't, in many cases, come close 
to covering the full amount of tuition. Still, uh, it is fairly significant. Now, some companies have gotten past the $5,000 reimbursement cap by partnering directly with uh, certain institutions to cover a higher share of tuition. Starbucks, for example, covers 100% of tuition if employees complete a first-time bachelor's degree online through Arizona State University. They have that partnership. Amazon does say that they have put out a call for schools interested in partnering with their company in a similar manner, uh, but no further details are currently available. And presumably, that would not apply, that cap would not apply to those upskilling uh, program opportunities uh, that uh, our dean was mentioning. And again, you can learn more on our webpage. Go to goodmornings.net for more on that kind of interesting stuff all the way around. Well, this is a tough topic to talk about, but an important one. September is Suicide Prevention Month, and Friday was World Suicide Prevention Day. You remember last week, actually, we were talking about NAMI of Hancock County hosting their Color Me Happy Walk and 5K and the companion events at Riverside Park over the weekend for Suicide Prevention Month. We know the statistics on the tragedy of suicide among veterans. And joining us this morning to talk about that specifically is Aaron Egan. He is community-based suicide uh, prevention director, the VA Office of Mental Health and Suicide Prevention. And Aaron, you are also recognizing Suicide Prevention Month. Absolutely, Chris. VAC Suicide Prevention Month is an important opportunity to amplify the work that we do year-round on veteran suicide prevention particularly with increasing understanding about veteran suicide prevention and programs and resources that are available to veterans and their supporters with folks in the community. This year, we're using the theme of Reach Out for Suicide Prevention Month, and it really is uh, about as simple as it sounds, but sometimes difficult to do to take the time to reach out and connect with veterans in your life. Ask them how they're doing. Invite them to coffee check in and actually listen to their answer. But that really is an important way to improve connectedness with veterans and something that we know helps protect veterans from suicide risk. That was actually going to be one of the, the questions. So I'll go ahead and, and start there talking about how someone can help at-risk veterans. Because again, this uh, this seems like such a, a big a uh, difficult, complex uh, problem that is uh, that is above uh, the the wheelhouse of of so many of us. You know, it's that idea of what can we do when we don't fully understand it uh, ourselves. So, how can we help at risk veterans? And uh, an important part of the question: Are these interventions different for veterans as opposed to the general population? Yeah, good question. So I think let's start with with something that's important, and that is that suicide is preventable. That doesn't mean it's easy, but suicide is preventable, and everyone does have a role to play. I'm a clinician. I'm a nurse. Um, so my role looks very different than it might for somebody in the community who has a family member or a friend who's a veteran. But reaching out and asking somebody about, how are you, can really be something simple but incredibly meaningful. On the other end of the spectrum, we talk about warning signs for suicide. So somebody who's really in crisis and might be 
preparing to act and attempt to take their life by suicide. And those are things, recognizing things like hopelessness, um, loss of interest in hobbies or activities, and withdrawing from family or friends, and also changes. So if somebody deals with anxiety uh, or sleeplessness routinely and those are getting worse, those can be warning signs that people are stressed and have issues going on that they might need some help with. Those are also a great opportunity, although a more challenging one, to have a conversation with somebody about what those warning signs are and engage them in care. And one of the things that people can do is put this phone number in your phone. This is the Veterans Crisis Line. They're available 24-7 and there to help either the veteran or yourself help the veteran. And that number is 1-800-273-8255. And then you press 1 to connect with the Veterans Crisis Line. You can also text them at 838-255. Those are two really important things that anybody can do and you can make a difference. That particular resource, uh, is that specifically for veterans or uh, friends and family member who may be concerned about a veteran and you know uh, need some guidance on, on what to do and how to help? Absolutely, friends and family members. In fact, that's a pretty significant part of what the VCL does is is as a person, as a friend is talking to a veteran and the conversation um, makes it clear that there might be an issue there, the VCL can really help you figure out how to engage that veteran and get them the help that they need. Maybe it's not suicidal crisis, but maybe they're struggling with PTSD or struggling with sleep loss, which can be really disruptive and stressful to people. The veterans crisis line can help you figure out where that veteran is in their in their crisis journey or what their needs are and get them connected to the appropriate care. As you were talking about some of the warning signs and some of the risk factors for suicide, uh, again, a lot of what you were talking about and the examples that you used uh, are, are certainly not limited for uh, to veterans uh, specifically, but I would imagine for veterans, there's also in many cases, as you alluded to, uh, a, a, an added uh, likelihood of PS, uh, PTSD being a factor and so on. So uh, there are some additional layers specifically for the veteran population, are there not? Sure. So, I mean, suicide is a national public health concern. Um Let's let's start there. We lose far too many people in this country to yeah. suicide each year. Yeah. Veterans is where we spend our time, but veterans do they they do have some differences. But it's interesting. We think lots of times in terms of what their specific risks are, but we miss sometimes the protective factors. Veterans, you know, are well trained to be resilient in their military service. Mm-hmm. And that's a strength. They have lots of skills that they can draw on and coping skills to draw from. So veterans certainly can have some unique risk factors, but they also have a whole host of unique protective factors that are important to recognize. You mentioned that uh, you have a number of resources that are available for at-risk veterans. Uh, What are some of those other resources, and how do veterans avail themselves of those resources? Yeah, so we have a, a special website set up for Suicide Prevention Month that is 
reach.gov slash SPM. That's R-E-A-C-H dot G-O-V forward slash S-P-M. That's our page for all things Suicide Prevention Month, but there's also a whole bunch of other resources there or links there on one that I really like is Save Training, which is a about an hour-long training that you can take about how to ask a veteran or a loved one, are you thinking about taking your life? Mm. That's a hard question to ask. Yeah. It's, it creates a lot of anxiety for people, but it's a really important one to ask because that may be our last opportunity to save their life. Um, so that website has all kinds of resources available. It's also got a whole library um, of video messages, stories from veterans about what their transition has been, about how they see families and relationships, which for the non-veterans out there who are have friends or families or support veterans, would be a really good way to help understand veteran perspective on some things. Um, and those videos are available on that website as well. Aaron Egan, Director of Community-Based Suicide Prevention at the VA's Office of Mental Health and Suicide Prevention. Aaron, thanks very much for taking the time today. We appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me, Chris. Have a good day. We have those uh, resources linked up on our webpage, uh, obviously tied in with Suicide Prevention Month, Friday World Suicide Prevention Day, but also very timely as over the weekend, obviously, we marked the uh, 20th anniversary of 9-11, which uh, led so many people uh, to volunteer for the military and the end of the war in Afghanistan that has been in the news. And so uh, a lot of uh, uh, important information, uh, very timely information for a number of reasons. Again, goodmornings.net to learn more. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. Today's update on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veteran Services. Kind of a uh, slow Monday, the broken news, not a whole lot going on. A South Dakota man is facing charges after police found him drunk in a bar. Now, you may think, so? <laughs> That's, you often find people drunk in a bar. But in this case, the bar was closed. <laughs> uh, 53-year-old man whose name is not given, he's from Sioux Falls, uh, is now facing burglary charges after the cops found him drinking in a bar after hours. He was arrested at 5.30 in the morning on Friday after an alarm alerted police of a possible occupant at the bar. Not supposed to be there at 5.30 a.m. when the bar is closed. Authorities say they uh, saw him, uh, they found him walking around the establishment having a beer. Police were unsure of how the man got into the bar, but they say forced entry was not a factor. So, you know, someone forgot to lock up or <laughs> exactly what he, he just wandered in the bar and helped himself. Apparently you can't do that when the bar is closed. <laughs> Note to self, don't do that. The bar is closed. It's closed. Illinois State Police uh, said a visitor to the Illinois State Fair was, was reunited with an unusual piece of lost property. It's not all that unusual that people will lose things when they go to big gatherings, uh, major events, the Illinois State Fair being one of those. But this is a rather unusual item uh, that made its way to the lost and found. Uh, visitor 
fortunately was able to get their dentures back. That's right, the dentures. The Illinois State Police said in a Facebook post that a fairgoer flagged down troopers to turn over a set of abandoned chompers found in the conservation area of the fair. The uh, post was later updated to say that the owner had been located. Uh, The owner has been in contact with the lost and found and should be reunited with their previously misplaced pearly whites very soon. (laughs) State Patrol post. Thank you to all that made this reunion a reality. That's how do you lose your dentures? How do you walk off and not realize that (laughs) I... I'm not even going to speculate. Here's an unusual theft. Police in Elk County, Pennsylvania, are investigating the theft of 43 cast iron skillets from a home between the dates of February 7th and September 3rd. Now, Now, why this was allowed to go on for like six, seven months, I have no idea. But uh, according to the police report, the collectibles, 43 cast iron skillets. Now you would think, again, we've had some unusual thefts in the broken news in the past, but this is definitely unusual. You think about this, though, the collectibles ranged in value from one worth just $65 to one worth over $1,600. So 43 of them in all, that's a pretty good haul there. Yes. That's weird. People steal anything that's not nailed down, it seems. This Let this be a cautionary tale. A model from Layton, Utah, says her confidence has been rocked in her fellow human beings after she was the victim of a phone scam in which the scammer persuaded her to shave her head. Uh, Megan Randolph tells local news reporters she has been afraid to leave the house since this happened. It all started with a text message from a stranger. She says she normally doesn't give out her phone number to strangers, but this one already knew her name, uh, actually used her name in the text message. And, uh, this person said she had been referred to the model, uh, by the end of the conversation, Ms. Randolph who hasn't worked much since the pandemic uh, hit, and uh, she was also involved in a car crash that uh, laid her up for a while. So she was in need of the money and was convinced to shave her head and her eyebrows in exchange for a $2,000 modeling deal. Uh, The uh, person misrepresented herself as an agent of Redken Beauty and Hair Care Products, but... After she shaved her head and her eyebrows, the text, the the person who texted her, ghosted her and just disappeared. Uh, Ms. Randolph says she's willing to take some teasing on social media if it means preventing others from falling for a similar scam. She says, I'm a little devastated, but it's just hair and it'll grow back. I wasn't scammed out of anything valuable in terms of money. But it is malicious, and it's 100% cruel. I would think that uh, Megan has learned a valuable lesson there. Hopefully share that with others. Wow, that is crazy. I guess, you know, when people are desperate enough to do this. And how desperate are you for a place to live? 
a glorified treehouse, roughly the size of a one-car garage that offers no bedrooms, no bathrooms, no insulation, uh, and is powered strictly by solar energy, is up for sale in Bailey, Colorado. It is a treehouse. It does sit on a 50-acre lot. Uh, offering it, the listing says, stunning panoramic views accompanied by total privacy and remoteness. This is according to the uh, listing on Zillow. It was posted last Wednesday. The cost of this, now, again, it's a treehouse, <laughs> size of a one-car garage, no bedrooms, no bathrooms, no insulation, and only solar energy. The list price, $500,000. Oh my. 500 grand. Now again, it does sit on 50 acres, but 500 grand for a treehouse. Price of real estate getting crazy. There you go. That is today's broken news report. This update on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veteran Services. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. Take WFIN wherever you go with our updated mobile apps for iPhone and Android. And now you can listen to us on your Alexa device. Get the app at WFIN.com or in the App Store or Google Play. Plus, enable Alexa by searching for WFIN under Skills and you'll soon be saying, Alexa, play 1330 WFIN. And the best part is the apps and skills are absolutely Absolutely free. On the air at 1330 WFIN and 95.5 FM. Online at WFIN.com and on your smartphone, tablet, and Alexa devices. Time now for your daily download, the numbers behind the news and the statistics that shape our lives. Uh, the latest nationwide polling compiled by the Societal Experts Action Network COVID-19 Survey Archive shows 8 in 10 Americans are now saying that they have gotten vaccinated or will do so. Although, the polling also reveals that 9 in 10 unvaccinated adults oppose workplace vaccine mandates. When it comes to those who are not vaccinated, either because they've recovered from COVID-19 already or, and have natural immunity or are otherwise hesitant to take the shot, fewer than 2 in 10 said that they would comply with an employer's vaccine mandate. Now, according to the most recent ABC News Washington Post poll, which was conducted before President Biden on Thursday announced uh, new vaccine mandates meant to fight the COVID-19 pandemic, 72% of unvaccinated workers not currently facing a workplace mandate said that they would walk if faced with one. Recent polling also revealed about 7 in 10 unvaccinated adults lack confidence in the vaccine's safety uh, and effectiveness, and 90% see getting vaccinated as a personal decision rather than a broader responsibility. That said... Polling does show Americans are more worried about catching the virus than they were in June. Respondents say that they are going out and seeing friends less, frequent, less frequently because of the Delta variant spread. Uh, the vaccinated are actually more worried about catching COVID-19 than the unvaccinated, which is probably not a surprise. Presumably, they're unvaccinated because they're not worried about it. But uh, the vaccinated say they're uh, worried about catching COVID-19. 45% uh, say that they are. 22% of unvaccinated people say they're worried about it, according to the ABC News poll. 
And according to the polling archives, six in 10 of those polled say they favor vaccine requirements for air travel and for large public events. Six in 10 favor a vaccine requirement for school staff members. Two thirds say they support state or local mandates in public places, but a much different sentiment on the federal mandates, as we have seen. Well, in case you missed it, Sunday was Grandparents' Day, and for many families, the COVID-19 pandemic has meant months of grandparents being separated from their grandchildren. Well, now we're going to make up for lost time. United Healthcare has collaborated with Sesame Workshop on fun ways to connect both in person and virtually. And joining us is Tamika Smith, grandmother and community plan CEO at United Healthcare, and Andrea Cody, senior project manager of social impact at Sesame Workshop. And Tamika, from one grandparent to another, every day should be Grandparents Day. Am I right? That's right. We're biased, but you are absolutely right. I personally believe that we should be celebrating it every day. Um, The grandkids likely should have come before the kids. (laughs) <laughs> I've said that myself, as a matter of fact, a time or two. Uh, all kidding aside, though, this this is important for both grandkids and grandparents. Yes, it is. You know, grandparents play an important role in all of our lives. They, you know, help. Um, they're an extension of our families. Uh, one of the ways we're thinking about this is all the moments that have been missed, uh, with, you know, with our grandchildren and with our families as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic. And so this year, especially, uh, it's important for us to take time to remember our grandparents, to treasure those moments with them, uh, and to, to think about ways in which we connect with them in different ways. Absolutely. We want to acknowledge both the contributions and the needs of grandparents everywhere, um, not only on Grandparents' Day, but every day thereafter. And so our partnership with Sesame Workshop is really important. Absolutely. Andrea, talk a little bit about, uh, about uh, Sesame Workshop and this partnership with United Healthcare. Sesame Workshop and United Healthcare have been working together for more than 10 years now to support families, healthcare providers, and communities as they help kids everywhere grow smarter, stronger, and kinder. And our Growing Every Day, Every Way initiative provides families and grandparents with free resources, including help to access affordable and nutritious food, easy ways families can incorporate physical activity into their daily lives, and information on developmental milestones and how to establish lifelong healthy habits for our kids. We know that grandparents play such an important role in kids' lives, and so this year we're really excited to celebrate them, and we've created a new Grandparents Are Grand guidebook just for grandparents, offering them ways that they can connect with their grandchildren, build emotional and behavioral skills with them, and have some fun, whether in person or virtually. That is awesome. Now, uh, Tamika, as uh, Andrea was kind of alluding to there, of course, we cannot have any of those important interactions if we're not around. And that's where the healthcare connection comes in. How can grandparents be empowered to take care of themselves in order to be there for their grandkids? That's a really good question. Uh, Grandparents should first look to put their mask on, right, as they tell us when we board planes. And so what that means is taking care of themselves. And one of the ways in which United Healthcare helps grandparents do that is by offering dual special needs plans um, for just that. So for those that are on Medicaid and Medicare, we provide health insurance plans that uh, help grandparents purchase healthy foods, uh, approved health items, 
dental vision and hearing coverage, and even transportation to doctor's appointments, which is really important at this point in time. And all of that is done uh, with no additional monthly premium, which is really, really important given that a number of our grandparents are on fixed income. Absolutely. So, uh, Andrea, you mentioned the Growing Every Day, Every Way uh, program and the uh, Grand Guide for uh, grandparents. Talk about mm-hmm. some of those uh, interactions. What are some of the ways that give us some examples of ways uh, grandparents can connect with uh, uh, grandkids, either in person or virtually, however, whatever form that may take? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, if you're in person or virtual, uh, one of my favorite suggestions is that you can watch a music video or listen to a song together and then have a little dance off. Uh, <laughs> so we have a great video that's called Elmo's Got the Moves on our website, grandparentsday.com. And it is a hit that is guaranteed to get everyone of all ages moving. Um, so I suggest that you take turns showing off your moves with your grandchildren. Uh, you can show them fun dances from the past and have them show you what the kids are doing these days. Maybe a dance move they've learned in school or uh, something that they've invented in their imagination. Um, And we know that keeping kids engaged on video calls can sometimes be a challenge, especially for our little ones. But when you allow them to move around and have fun and wiggle it out, um, they're more engaged and more likely uh, to remember that. And it's a great way that you can build memories together um, in person or away. Definitely encourage dancing. That is awesome. And who doesn't love Elmo? I mean, let's be honest. Um, (laughs) So where do we get uh, more information on the uh, Growing Every Day, Every Way program, this collaboration between United Healthcare and uh, Sesame Workshop? You mentioned the website. Let's mention it again. Yeah. So to learn more about dual special needs plans, Growing Every Day and Every Way, and to download the Grandparents or Grand Guidebook, visit grandparents.com grandparentsday.com. Small correction there. Grandparentsday.com. Perfect. We will uh, link it up on our webpage as well. Again, Tamika Smith, uh, Community Plan CEO at United Healthcare and a grandmother herself. Also, Andrea Cody, Senior Project Manager of Social Impact at Sesame Workshop with us this morning. Ladies, thanks very much for the time. We appreciate it. Thank you. And that will wrap up our podcast for today. Thanks to all of our guests for joining us on the program. And remember, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each day on the show at our webpage. And that, of course, is goodmornings.net. Coming up tomorrow, the state of our schools 2021. Are taxpayers getting enough bang for the buck when it comes to the construction of modern education facilities? We have insights from a new report by the International Well Building Institute. Until tomorrow morning, that is good mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day. Catch you back here tomorrow.